Fired Up Fridays app with Steve Ryan is now available on Apple and Google Play stores. Well, hello there, family. You're listening to Fired Up Fridays with Steve Ryan. Fired Up Fridays, all right. Hey, good morning, Fifi. Nice to see you again. Good morning, Steve. I feel strong. I feel up. And in fact, I've got myself a t-shirt. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you have to wear it one of these days and or take a picture and that, that'll be cool to post it. <laughs> yeah, after I receive it. <laughs> but um, cool. So we're back for round two today. So today... Um, you know, you, you're going to share some more of your story and, and let's, you know, we'll get started with that. <laughs> yeah. So where was I last time? Just remind, like, give me a, uh, a brief summary because your summary says better than <laughs> Well, last time, in, yeah. Well, well, last time, um, a couple of weeks ago, you were telling us how you came from China and how you were in the UK and you were just, you know, and how you fought to stay in the in the country. You fought like, I mean, that was life or death for you because leaving, if you weren't able to stay in the country where you were, that would have mean the death of your dream, the death of your soul. And you gave up everything. That's the part that touched us the most. Like you gave up motherhood. You gave up, you know, your country. You had to choose, um, you know, your your British path and you were forced to let go of your Chinese path, even though you're trying to hold on to your culture with the double album, you have it in English and Chinese. And you were telling us about your story. And, and afterwards, that's when you were, you were going to go into another part, but we ran out of time. So, you know, so now it's about more about what you experienced. It was dark and pain. And, and I can tell during the episode, like, even though you were smiling, it was hard. And so that was one of the reasons we had to, you know, kind of wrap it up because I, I, you know, I knew it was hard for you, you know? So I'm so <laughs> proud that you're brave enough to come on here and finish being open with this. Like, we're all so proud of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, for for me, I think uh, the hard thing is usually experiencing uh, at the moment. So as soon as I'm done with something, it doesn't stay because that sort of experience it was a difficult decision. So during the you know the fork in your life, a small decision will take you uh, uh, into a complete different destiny. So carrying that kind of weight, it wasn't a hard thing as a memory. It was a proud thing. So when I talk about those things, it's actually a pride. You know, I feel I've chosen the right path. Uh, when they always say, if you do the hard thing now, your future will be easy. But if you do the easy thing now, your future will be hard. So I did a hard thing. So and. Uh, and I chose the right path. So then right now I'm a happy person. Um, but then there is the other part of there are certain things people have experienced um, that leave a stain, leave a mark 
or leave a residual feeling. And that leads uh, is a perfect segue to uh, what, I'm, what I'm about to say. Um, that's the kind of like during my artist journey for the past decade. And I think you giving given the the background to to make it the the seriousness of how much I didn't just uh, you know easily choose this path and then I meet something. It was all that build up of the twenty years and the sacrifices and the putting all the eggs in one basket to say I'm going to do it and I'm going to make it. Right, like so. That's kind of like the the sentiment, and then the most scary part. I have to uh, point out that's the starting point of how big of a gamble this is, because artistry is not something like you just choose a path. I'm a great artist now. I've chosen my path, and I'm I'm just awesome, and everything is successful. No, the practical. Uh, the reality is for the first five years, you don't know if this is for you. You don't. You just have to have the possibility and the chance to give yourself the possibility and the space to develop and see if you are a true artist or not. So during that time, I was trying to um, find my own identity this is who I want to be, ideally, but this is how I feel inside, which is I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough because of the childhood, growing up, deep belief that I'm just not an artist. So it did take me five years, the first five years, to, to believe that I'm a good artist. But that psychology has a great, great egoic uh, uh, side to it. So when I say ego, people think ego is being arrogant. It's not. It's about being insecure. So so, so ego is basically there's another part of you that you think that is not you, is what you should be, or you think is a false identity, is a false self. So the very beginning, uh, a lot of, I think, new writers go into the space of writing. You think, oh, I've done something great because I was on a high because I had nothing to lose um, at the beginning of writing. So, so then at the time, you will have no fear when you have nothing to lose. You're just like, okay. I, I'm not a writer, but let's see what's inside. So I wrote, like I was writing that high for a whole year and writing everything. It's like everything turns into a song because I started to write poems since I could remember, like maybe five, six, seven, eight years old. It's always in me. I always have this urge and this expression that I want to use an artistic medium and form to express how I think and how I feel. This is a built-in DNA thing. So always had that. I didn't know the medium eventually uh, came to be music. So always had that. So I was doing music uh, for the first year and all those like uh, diaries from the journals and all that kind of little things turned into songs and I had no problem in writing. But my ego wasn't developing at the same time as my writing because that wasn't development. That was like cleaning out a pipe, so to speak. As in you build up so much stories 
and so much like a darkness inside and you're just letting go and letting everything out. So after the first period of time, I went into um, um, limbo state where I just like a touch the computer. As soon as I moved closer to the computer, I started to have an ego kind of issue, like a performance anxiety, uh, remembering yesterday I couldn't perform, yesterday I couldn't make anything. And you're starting to think, what if I can't deliver what I did before? Then because my self-esteem was so low, it's tied to the work that you deliver. I think Amy Winehouse said that, like, you know, her entire self-esteem is depend on her last work. So, you know, for artists, I think we need to work on that because that shouldn't be. Right now, it's just like it, it doesn't matter at all. Like I'm having a really great time creating right now. But back then, it was really difficult. So there was a blockage for almost like 50, 50, 56 weeks. And I had a song to end that period of time. I did stuff, but then I didn't do anything good. So there was a song in my first album called 56 Weeks. And I finished the recording on a Christmas night, Christmas Eve. And I did actually worked seven Christmas Eves straight in seven consecutive years. That's, yeah, I was just making music. I was like doing the side jobs. I was doing three jobs because I mentioned my financial situation. So to be in this country, uh, although I found a job, but to stay in this country, I need a different kind of tier visa where you need high income. So I have to do three jobs and a PhD at the at, on the side just to ensure that I'm staying in this country. So those years were mainly the struggle to stay and um, and also the struggle of the self-struggle to identify myself as an artist. So that's the first few years. So after all these struggles and then going into going into the the next phase was things starting to happen. And I had uh, this like collaborations. I starting to get acknowledged, uh, acknowledged, and uh, and Chinese newspapers starting to write about me because they realized that I was the only, I was the first Chinese, uh, as in Chinese born artist that's been recognized by the like the legendary status of Western artists, as in like uh, the world class. I'm talking like a tricky. Uh, yellow people like that they are the world class at the top a-list people who have been there maybe he's not there now but he's a legendary figure right so i was the like kind of like the only person who does my stuff and being recognized and recorded into their album so that got noticed uh in china and also here as well so i got a lot of interviews and a lot of this and that so by this time i was fiercely independent i didn't i had like a label came to me but i was like i'm scared i don't know who you want because i had like you know i'm just like insecure and stuff so i put myself in the studio producing music and everything i just focus on the craft for a very long time so during i think it was 2014 at end of 2014 i already had a lot of headline shows i uh, i packed a little hat like the, the the room in london um so by myself i did quite well i already like established 
published, I got my image, I got my music video, I got my releases and everything. So I wanted to go to the next level. So the next thing, a uh, reasonable thing to think about is to find a manager, right? So, so at that time, um, I, uh, my energy and the vibration at that time was vibrating at a certain level right and i think i, I was in china and I, uh, in china was like participating in some like a big show uh, so i was in hotel i was writing songs for yellow and uh, i i came back that was 2015 and then i ran into this management so i thought this will take me to the next level of success because I thought independently, because younger artists, like newer artists, always thinking that way, isn't it? It's always a self-confidence issue and thinking, I can't make it by myself. I need somebody to help me. This is a really common thing. I need a label. I need something. Until all these like major label artists like, so, oh, if they're lucky, they got out alive. And free. <laughs> a lot of times, like, you know, the, the emotionally, psychologically got ruined in some way. We all have this kind of journey. And this one I'm about to say is my particular journey. Um, because I'm a, I've already worked through a lot of uh, meditation retreats, spiritual retreats. So I come to a very neutral point. I'm not like, a, um, you know, uh, in a position to say, don't, like, this person is bad, that person you know like i'm innocent it's not like this i see things in this way that i was vibrating with my uh, then energy at a certain time that would attract certain things that's a perfect match at the time so my analysis is that i was very insecure i was very easy to be um because i didn't believe in myself so I could easily fall into a position of listening to somebody else. And then, and then this management wasn't the first one who asked me to go to a shortcut in music to write those kind of like a bigger pop songs, uh, a direction that I didn't believe in, I didn't feel like, but because my self-confidence was low, so... I would just listen. And also I was in a position of if I didn't do this, I couldn't move on in this route. So because I've already put all my resources and everything, my hope and belief in one bet, you know, by now you already know I like to gamble. So I gambled and I lost. <laughs> but I can't say it's a total lose because I did gain a lot of writing skills from this, uh, from this uh, situation. Um, so, and also I, during this time, I became a full-time independent, uh, artist. The only thing that was really, uh, tormenting was the outside look doesn't match with what's going on on the inside. So I was putting on a happy front, but I was losing my, losing myself very, uh, because like being a self-empowered artist, being an independent artist, the most important thing is to trust yourself, trust your own decision, trust your musical direction. And me being in the center of my own world, of my vehicle to move forward. But at this point in time, slowly and slowly, I gave that power away. 
And this was uh, it takes two to tangle. In from the management point of view, they want the best for you, and then they don't want to you know damage you because that's not good for anybody. But a lot of times, when this kind of situation happens, um, there's always like a self interest and uh, uh, self preservation in any entity like a, that's living we always have like a what's in it for me what's good for me so during the time when I wasn't standing my ground firm enough with my direction I went through maybe six months of battle like six to eight months of I want this I'm I'm arguing fighting for my corner slowly slowly I give it I give it, I give in, I give in, I give in. Until probably the second year, I couldn't make a decision without asking the management. No, that's not true. I couldn't make a decision without internally thinking what would he think. That's the problem, right? Of course, I can keep arguing forever, but it had to... it was really subliminal and it was I was in a place where my ego was telling me I, I had a separation because my ego was telling me that my true self was telling me this doesn't feel good. I'm depressed. I'm more and more depressed. I feel controlled and I feel I'm not happy. I feel really alone. I can't tell anybody about this. Right. My ego was telling me, you want success. You want to guess who you have given 20 years of your time into this career uh, that you're living now. You are not going to waste the last two years. You're just investing in your own bet. You need to keep going. And even when my soul was telling me, this kind of music touches your soul. That makes me makes me cry, makes me feel like I have goosebumps. This kind of thing, you don't feel anything. But my logical ego mind, I still say, but that's you. You're, you know, I would justify and justify. I justify for three years. Fired Up Friday will be right back after these messages. Come and tap into the worldwide audience of Fired Up Fridays. Do you have an inspiring story? Have you gone through any type of challenges, but you found a way to make it through? We would love to hear your story on Fired Up Fridays. Visit steveryan.com today. My gut was always feeling off. My logical mind was trying, always trying to talk me through. Like, this is the right decision. You want success. You want this. Until a point where I was so depressed that I had like serious um, anxiety issue my productivity has gone down to probably like like not even an hour a day. All I did was cry and cry for two hours and then come back uh, for a few minutes and then go back to cry again. And then the you know the the, it, the energy was like building so much and I couldn't I couldn't help myself. So at that point I almost gave up. Like I was questioning myself. I feel no joy in creating anymore. I feel no joy anymore. Where is my passion for all that I have gone to now and I lose it all? And also, there's another thing. I can go through a really bad, abusive relationship. That doesn't hurt me because that doesn't get close to my soul. My soul is where the music is, where the creativity is. 
I can go through poverty or I can go through a visa situation, um, a bad breakup. These things I can heal. But what I just described about something I care the most, when there is corruption in my core about my love for music, then it's a total breakdown. It's a total crumble without being able to talk to other people. It's a self dissonance, uh, a cognitive dissonance within myself. So a lot of depression comes from, like situational depression comes from this, not like, a, you know, there's a lot of like a different debates about this, but I know my situation, which was my gut knew something was wrong. My logical mind trying to defeat that. So I have a slip split and it goes worse and worse and worse and I wouldn't accept it. And I just get worse and worse and worse until a point where I feel no joy in life. <laughs> you know, there's just no joy because the last thing I care about and I put everything into, I lost that joy. I don't have that anymore. So it was really confusing time. And also I blamed myself for my depression, I, I blame myself. I didn't know it was the management itself that was in a wrong setup. I didn't know. I was like, I am so bad and so spoiled. I have a great management and that shares half of my, most of my workload. All I need to do is do me. Well, I'm not happy. What's wrong with me? So that was my thinking process, but slowly that I worked through it. So when I hit the rock bottom, there was something that happened that gave me the strength uh, to, I can't really go through what exactly happened here, but just like, it's like the universe. It's like if I have a guardian angel set something up to make me realize it's like a broken the glass, the light bulb is on. To make you think, hey, you need to wake up. You need to do something here. And then I decided to leave that. But by the time I leave that situation, I was, imagine, I always use this kind of analogy, like when you have perfect legs and arms, which you haven't used for years, what happens, right? You are scared to walk on your own legs. You are scared that you have no strength to walk, walk out of that situation, to start all over again. It was the most scary thing. And now I'm proud of myself for doing that. But it took me quite like a year to, to, to slowly to, to have less panic attack or less, you know, that horrible feeling when you think about it. That's PTSD, basically. Uh, so sometimes, sometimes, especially after, like six months after that, I go into like a cold sweat. And because everything I do and say in every word that I, uh, I, I get out on the internet or something, my thinking has been, pro was programmed into what would he think of this decision? In what I say online, just like a simple tweet, it has gone. What would he think if I make this song? After I left that, 
I still thinking that way. And then that was like, that was horrible. And I started to wake up early because I used to go, um, go on quite late because I woke up with this anxiety feeling like something pain in my chest and feeling really down. And, uh, so I learned a hack that I started to wake up early, didn't give myself to go into that mode. And I went to meditation retreat and da, 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 da. so there was a lot of forgiveness. There was a lot of um, getting through self-judgment. So a lot of spiritual work to do through coming out of that to learn true self-confidence, right? This person, this one management is not a gospel, which I thought it was. It's, It's like his opinion is above me, above mine. These days, how I learned is that if I have a piece of music, I ask a few people. And when people think what they think and come back, I ask my little heart, what do I really think? Right. And I follow my own heart without being arrogant. Okay. uh, I don't care what you think. I do care what you think, but I care what I think most. So, so the lesson of that was so close to losing music the only thing I have in my life and slowly I got I got it back but it took me a quite a few years to recover uh right now it's 2021 and I would say yeah this year is better than ever feeling wise energy wise um, but slowly it was a slow journey to recover from the energy uh and I never felt I never felt into this kind of situation I was more empowered in my early days when I told you because I I was my own boss. So this lesson is that I can never give my power away again, especially not about music. Uh, hopefully, right. yeah, hopefully not not about anything. <laughs> That's inspiring. So you found you found a way to keep moving forward. So even with your background story, even with what you went through, even with you seeing and thinking that something was a failure, it actually helped you got to where you are now today. And it's, it's amazing because your spirit is great now. Your spirit is good. Like you, it's clean. Yeah. It's clean, you know, there's pure positive, positivity. Yeah. Now I don't have to think, what do other people think of me? Before right. I was in a space where, not just I have to care what this person thinks of me. I was judging me at the whole time. So I was separate from myself and always feel bad about me. As right. in, I could have done better today. I, it was like almost like I'm my own enemy. I'm failing myself every day. And it's just having an internal fight and feeling, um, Sometimes like going to a really kind of like a low emotion, emotional state. And I think that really comes from the, the early days where I thought I wasn't good for music or something like that. But these days I don't have those kind of problems at all because since, uh, since a really great meditation retreat, I have forgiven myself. I've merged into this is what I think I should be. And this is me. Now I'm just one thing, mm-hmm. you know, I just giggle. If I felt on something, I just like kind of, Oh, well, you know, I love me. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's all possible to change. There's not, 
you know, like I'm right now, like really, really am a confident and a clean energy person. I don't have baggage. I don't carry anything with me. So it's not hard to say those things because it's, because it's kind of like a, a great thing to get through it. Right. Covered, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. And, and, I feel like anyone who's listening or watching will be inspired because you're the classic definition of not giving up. Like you found a way, I mean, just everything about your brand is great. I mean, you take wonderful pictures. I mean, you, for you to run your brand and run everything is, it, is amazing. Like it's just, when you look up Fifi wrong.com and you go there, it's just, it's just this beautiful art like you can just tell everything has been so detailed and you put a lot of passion and care into what you do. And that's amazing. <laughs> I always tell people I have a low tolerance for embarrassment. It's like, I'm not a professionist at all. I'm the right. least <laughs> of the professionist, but my level of acceptance is quite high. As in, if I fell below this line, I'm embarrassed. So I have to keep to a point where as long as I'm not embarrassed, this is okay, good enough to see the world. <laughs> and usually that bar is quite high. So That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, one good enough is good enough to go out. I, I never really dwell in, okay, let's delay this because I want to get it perfect. There's no perfect for me. It's right. only good enough, yeah. That's true. Yeah, because sometimes it's the things that we think is imperfect actually ends up being this great, marvelous awesome thing you know <laughs> the imperfection i think that all comes down to the art of being an artist because you are a piece of art by living your own life so for me being a true and a good artist is the fearlessness of being yourself so whatever you do the purer the purer you are close to that childlike fearlessness and authenticity the better of the artist you are that's the only judgment to how good of an artist you are you are not comparing yourself to this godly something right you're right. comparing to something to your honesty what is really inside you so that's what i have gathered and then that's what shines so there's no reason to put like to to see yourself as not you, uh, right. but some something ahead of you, right? Yeah. That that's not what it is like because art is so in the moment. To translate yeah. something that is so easy, it should yeah. be easy. It should be effortless. The only times that was hard, it was because ego was in the room. Mm -hmm. Get them out of the room, <laughs> and you are a great artist. The more the ego is further away, the better the artist. It's very simple for me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, today is a great day because this is um, also the launch of your campaign officially. Yeah. So we're going to be right back and we're going to talk about that. <laughs> Yay! Fired Up Friday will be right back after these messages. Are you ready to be a better you? Visit TheAbundantLion.com today. All right. All right. We're back. All right. 
I'm always ready to be a better me. <laughs> so, so today you're officially launching your double album. I've had a chance to listen to it. Thank you so much for letting letting me hear it early. Like, and you have your English side, and then you have the Chinese side. Like, double album greatness. So, tell us about the the launch today, the campaign today. <laughs> yes. So, um, where do I start? Is the Indiegogo campaign? Uh, so, we we should have the link uh, somewhere here, mm-hmm. right? And yes. uh, basically, we try to get to. Uh, Thirty uh, percent, uh, and I'll be thirty percent of the the whole fundraising. So we try to sell uh, as you know, try to get support as much as possible because the the science has shown <laughs> that when you get to thirty percent, uh, the success rate gets very much higher. So I'm trying to get all my networks and the resources to get everybody to come and help us you know come and you know get this really exclusive stuff i already talk about this is not donation this is actually a great offer time bound limited super super exclusive goodies that's with your involvement that's available in 29 days and the first day and the last day is most important ones especially the first day so um what else? <laughs> so we so basically we have the Indiegogo link. It's in the episode description. So definitely go to it now. Support Fifi. You've heard her story. You've heard how she's overcome her story. She is a full-time independent artist. And do you know how hard it is to achieve that? To be a full-time independent artist. In London. A major like in London. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one this of the capital, <laughs> yes. yeah, in Brazil or say in uh, Shanghai would be much easier because you because things are ten times cheaper at least. So yeah, so, yeah it's it's not easy, and also like yeah, um, we in our musician group and in the NFT space, and also us, we all talk about that. A lot of people just don't get it because people think music should be free or music is consumed free on Spotify and and all that. In China, I have like 120 million streams or something, but not even one person asks, where do I get the merch? It's not in their consciousness that we need to live too. We need to, uh, and also there is maybe less of a culture of a collection, collector, uh, like a luxury vinyls, uh, music collection. Uh, there's not so much culture in, in, in doing that. So yeah, not only like selling merch is, is for the fundraising, it's to do something super special for the collectors, for the fans, for the super fans, and for the people who are really digging um, those special run limited number, the one to a hundred signed name, then everything, those kind of goodies. And also I offer a whole bunch of NFTs um, that can rise in price. And I offer these NFT for free. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So, and also I offer a part of my album uh, as the publishing right in uh, the writer's right of a small percentage. So you literally own a stake in my 
this uh, monumental album that I, it took me five years to make. And definitely this is the best work and best songs I've ever done. Um, but it goes so far beyond just music. We have like the life-size oil painting and then the mosaic art with your photo submission that uh, that goes on to all the merch and all the T-shirts and also even the vinyl uh, uh, slip mat, you know, like the, the vinyls, like everything. So, and only available during this time. Wow. So people are actually able to become a part of history. <laughs> yes. I, I also want to share um, my idea of this history, like tattoo, your release in the history of mankind is so meaningful. I had, uh, I, I have a tattoo in 2018 around my legs and it is, is a crown around my legs um, because I was releasing an EP, which I did a crowdfunding campaign uh, of as well. The EP is called The Crown. And I was looking for cover art everywhere. I just wasn't connecting, wasn't feeling. And I say, do you know what? I'm going to tattoo a crown on my body and take a picture of that and to put it on there. And it has double meanings. The deeper meaning is that I tattoo something on my body, which will last forever for the rest of my life to show my commitment to music, my commitment to this piece of work that will be tattooed in the history of mankind. So I love those wow. kind of deeper meanings. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it's been awesome today and I'm so fired up and ready for people to, to jump over to your campaign. So as we wrap up, Go to the Indiegogo link. It's right there in the episode. Support Fifi. And it's not just supporting her. You're actually becoming a part of history. <laughs> yes. And I will be uh, live streaming most of the day uh, around different platforms. So, yeah, just like follow me and you will be notified. Yes, yeah, so you can get all her information on her website, fifirong.com. That's for those listening, that's www.fifirong.com. And the Indiegogo link should also be on there as well. So, all right. Well, it was great having you today. This was so awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I can't wait to hear the feedback from your audience. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll see you later, Phoebe. <laughs> see you. Bye-bye. Fired Up Fridays app with Steve Ryan is now available on Apple and Google Play stores. Are you ready to feel good? Are you ready to feel inspired? Then come and get your I Am Strong merch. It's smooth on the skin. And guess what? When you wear it, people will be asking, where did you get that shirt? Where did you get those clothes? And you can say, I am strong. Come on over to stevebryan.com today. 